0: Father, in the name of Jesus, we thank you so much for a time like this. We thank you for gathering us here this morning, this afternoon, God, to fellowship in your name, to worship you and to listen to your word. We pray, God, that whatever it is, Lord, that you want us to hear this afternoon, God, we will take it, we will retain it, and we'll be able to use it and apply it every day in our lives, oh God. We cannot do this without you. We cannot walk this walk without you. So we pray that you will be in this space, in this room, and help us, Father Lord God, to hear your word and apply it. In the name of Jesus Christ we pray. Amen. So this month, as I understand it, we don't really have a particular theme. Um, right? Am I? We don't have a yeah, we don't really have a theme this month. Next month we're going to focus a little bit more on Easter and the theme there, but kind of like open for whatever I wanted to talk about today. And so I thought, you know, kind of long and hard about what would be relevant to you all as young people, as teenagers trying to navigate your way through life. And, you know, the Lord really placed on my heart uh, a lot of different things, but I think especially now Um, In the times that we're living in it's really hard for young people to to get a sense of identity To figure out like who you are What's your sense of purpose? Like why are you here? And it also doesn't help that we look around us all the time Whether it's on our phones and we're looking through social media or it's with our friends or just in the environment that we're in we are constantly Comparing ourselves to other people, we're constantly comparing our lives to other people's lives, and so I really want to talk about today, just how damaging that can be to us as young people, and more especially how damaging that can be to us as believers. Um, you know, one of one of my fondest memories when I was in high school was that I had a friend. You know, I wasn't really like cool in high school. I like, you know, I was I was smart. So I didn't really hang out with the cool kids. Nobody really paid attention to me. Um, I, I certainly wasn't like the pretty girl. So like just, I was just there. And I was there to get my education. I loved the, the extracurricular activities that I did. Um, but I ended up, you know, meeting people from various different walks of life and backgrounds. And I met a really, really um, phenomenal girl, and I just, you know, her story is something that I will never forget, because um, she was adopted at a very young age. Um, I think for her, she realized that her parents maybe couldn't afford to keep her, or maybe just didn't want her, and so she was adopted, and, and she ended up not, the place that she got adopted, the family that she was adopted in. Um, It wasn't a very safe home for her so then she ended up um, getting sent into the foster care system which was also very damaging to her and, and you know at every point like walking into high school and, and and having a conversation with her it was almost like she was with a new family every week. And she always talked about how frustrating that was for her because she said that you know she never really felt love. She never felt a sense of belonging. She never felt a sense of like like I belong here. Right. She just always felt like getting tossed around back and forth through the system because you know, otherwise she would just be out in the streets doing nothing. That was really hard for her. So as a friend, I really tried to encourage her to um, to sort of to get her straight with Christ. And obviously, she wasn't a believer um, because these are the same thoughts that like ran through her head. Um, but we'll we'll get back to her story in a little bit. I'll let you know how it ended. Um, but but I believe that even though a lot of us may not come from uh, a family that's adopted, or we may not get you know, in and out of the, the, uh, the foster system. I do believe that a lot of us hold a lot of the same, the same thoughts and the same ideas that my friend, her name was Riley, the, the same ideas that she had, right? She didn't feel like she belonged. She didn't understand why she was here. She didn't have a sense of purpose. And more importantly, what she told me all the time was like, look, Olivia, like look at your life. Like you live with your parents, you have this, you have that, your parents love you, they care for you, you have all these things. And it was really hard for me to try to bring myself to her level because she was right. I had a lot more than what she had. But what she didn't understand and what I, what I wished I had done a better job of encouraging her with, about was just the fact that she was loved by Christ and that irrespective of her circumstances, irrespective of where she came from, irrespective of of what her life looked like, that she did have purpose and that God did have a plan for her life and that there was meaning behind every single thing that she went through or that she dealt with in her life. And one of the things that was most damaging to her was comparison, right? Constantly just looking around at the people around you, what they have going on, and then comparing that to your own life. And high school is probably middle school and high school. It's, it's, it's like the prime playground for this sort of thing to happen. Because it's a lot of different people, right? A lot of people who look different. A lot of people who act different. People who come from different walks of life. They have different worldviews, different perspectives. And then you get all these young people, right? So nobody is really like established in who they are. Everybody's still trying to figure it out. You put them all in this space. And instead of using Christ, like we should be, right? Instead of using Christ as the standard to which we form our identity we look at other people and we look around us and we look at oh you know my friend maggie has this or look at her house and look at her family and look at that dynamic they seem to have more money she seems happier right and all it does is it makes us feel more self-loathing like we begin to like reflect on ourselves and and, and then we we don't really appreciate what we have, because if you're constant looking, constantly looking outside of yourself for what's better and what's there and what you don't have, then you will never be able to recognize what you do have. You'll never be able to appreciate all of the things that God has given you or the life that he's given you at that. And so... I think that we need to sort of redirect, reshift our focus as young people, especially we don't want to let the enemy to keep encouraging us or keep allowing us to look outside of ourselves, to look outside of Christ, to find who we are, to find our identity, we have to bring ourselves back to the center, to the core, to the place where there is meaning in life, to the, the point and purpose of all of this, right? And that is Jesus Christ. Do you guys understand that? Do you understand that the reason why we do this, the reason why we're here, like the point of all of this is Jesus Christ, And he's not just this like mythical character that we study about. I mean, I know when I was in school, they had a little segment on Jesus and they just, you know, they made him sound like another historical figure, you know, kind of like a prophet who was here and then gone, right? The world likes to kind of box Jesus and make it seem like he was just another human. Maybe he was superhuman in some of his abilities, but he surely wasn't the son of God or he wasn't a God himself. But we have to remember that this this God that we serve, just Jesus that, that we serve, this religion that we're in Christianity, like this is the real deal. Like this is the truth. We don't just come here and preach on Sundays and get together just because like we're bored and we wanted something to do, right? This is truth. This is reality. This is the real deal. And if it wasn't, we really wouldn't be here. Right. And if it wasn't, do you really think that the enemy or the world, the Bible describes the enemy as like the prince of the world. Right. Like, do you really think that the enemy would be going so hard against Christians and against believers if it wasn't true? Do you understand what I'm saying? Like if the devil himself, which a lot of people have no problem believing exists, right? We all know that evil exists. We all know that the devil exists. But the devil has made it very clear that his one opponent, his one true opponent is Jesus Christ and the Christian faith, right? Why do we still have doubts about that? The other day I was at Walmart I couldn't believe it. I saw, you know, it's Easter Sunday, or Easter is coming up, so Easter Sunday will be coming up, and so, you know, a lot of times, like, everything in the store is, like, holiday-themed. So if it's Valentine's Day, you'll see, like, Valentine's Day-themed candy, Halloween-themed candy if it's around Halloween. Well, Easter's coming up, so they now have Easter-themed candy. And I was just, like, going through the aisle, and Easter is uh, a christian holiday right it's like this was our idea this is us this is us like celebrating the death and the resurrection of our savior right and i saw on one of the um the m m packages the easter themed m m packages it's like one of the m ms they all have different like names and characters i think it was like the brown m m Um, it was the brown m m on the cover of the package just kind of like spread out like it was on a cross or whatever and you know that's like okay whatever like they're they're trying to be cute or they're trying to be funny like that that didn't really strike me as anything the thing that really really threw me off and this is this is how you know like there's something going on beyond what we can actually see and if you really take your time to really investigate and understand what's really going on like uh, this war is not against flesh and blood right it's about things that are beyond flesh and blood, right? Like the dark world, right? On, on this display, on this candy uh, image, it, on this candy package is an image of an M&M with its arms stretched out on a cross very clearly. It's got like the crown of thorns and everything. And then if you look very closely on its right hand, it's doing this, okay? It's doing this symbol, right? And anybody who's like, you know, like remotely looked into Satanism knows that this is their symbol, okay? This represents 666. This is their symbol, right? And, and you know, I just kind of cringed a little bit because I was like, like, why? Like, you really could have just, you could have just put the M&M on the cross and just had his hands there. Like, what, what, what is the purpose of doing that? Like, why? Like, why? Right. And it's this very, like, in plain sight type of thing that the devil tries to do, where it's like, it's in your face. So you wouldn't really think anything of it. But if you have the right kind of discernment, you know exactly what he's trying to do. Right. He's trying to infiltrate himself within the church. He's trying to infiltrate himself within the things of God. And my thing is, if the devil goes so hard in using the world mainstream candy brands or whatever to 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 make himself known that he is against Christ and against God, then why would we not believe that we are serving the true God, right? the only God that the devil actually thinks he's got a chance against, right? You don't see them doing any of this stuff with with, with the Muslim faith. You don't see them doing any of this, God forbid if they ever did anything like this, made a mockery or blaspheme the prophet Muhammad like Muslims would go crazy and if it's about people saying oh you know we, we, we hate Christians because they're so religious and they think they're better than everybody else that's not what it's about because we know that Muslims are probably more devout than Christians are. Muslims are so routine with when they pray with when they fast even when they eat right. They're so careful. Like you'll have like Muslim friends that you'll move around with and they'll be like, nah, sorry bro, I don't drink, right? They'll still, they'll still be down and have a good time, but they're so devout to their faith. So if the enemy was just trying to make a mockery of people who try to do good or try to be devout to their faith, then, then why don't you go after some of these other phases? Why are you so hell bent on coming after Christians and coming after believers? And we all know why, right? So that's kind of like, a, by the way, this is this this is what we're doing here. This is this is the God that we're serving. It's not a joke. It's not fake. If the devil knows it's real, then we have to understand it's real. And that same devil, that same devil, is trying to infiltrate our minds and our hearts and have us set our gaze away from Christ, knowing that if we just look over here at what Francine's got going on. Oh my gosh, her earrings are so cute and her outfit is always better than mine. And like, how come she just has it all better than me? Then, then we don't give God the time or the opportunity to even work on us, to even look at what we have going on or look at what God has set in front of us, right? I want you guys to understand that like there is, there is purpose In every single thing that God has created. Like God is not a random, arbitrary, like whatever goes type of God. That's just not the God that we serve. He is so incredibly tactful about everything that he does. Even the decision that he made to give us free will. He knew what he was doing with that. Because in order for us to love him the way he wants us to love him, he knows that he has to give us the freedom to choose not to love him. So every detail about everything that God has ever designed or orchestrated has purpose. Like it's it's so, it's so amazing. And that same God who created that detail and that order and that magnificence is the same God that created you. And if there's nothing that you take away from today, I want you to understand that your life, and not just your life as a whole, I mean, every detail, every single detail about your life, guys. I mean, like the family that you were born into, like there's a specific plan and purpose there. The siblings that you have, the parents that you have, the place where you grew up, like all these little things down to your stature, your height, the way that you speak, the size of your eyes, the size of your lips, the size of your nose, the way you look, like all of these things were not random. Like God knew he had to get your mom and your dad together because these were the two people that were going to be able to form the perfect being that is you, right? And I want you guys to understand that You don't have to look around you at who's prettier or who has this or who has that because you have everything that you need and you have exactly what you need to move forward in your walk with Christ, knowing that he's got a plan and a purpose for all of that. And I mean it because these days, especially as young people, we've got TikTok, we've got Instagram, we've got Snapchat, we've got Twitter. Pinterest I mean there's I mean it goes on and on it, it it, there's so much out there and and nobody nobody is getting on there and posting their worst day nobody is going on there and posting about like like something really really catastrophic and if they are a lot of times they're just trying to bring like awareness to what's going on maybe to help somebody Right. But but in this generation that we live in, especially ladies, the generation that we live in, that's characterized by filters and characterized by like body image. And like at, at your young age right now. Right. Why would you be so interested or so invested in the way that you look? Right. Like, why would you why should you even worry about that? And I wish that I I had people tell me that when I was younger, because. Here's the thing. This is what, like, biology and what science tells us. That as as people in general, right, we want to present ourselves as beautiful and healthy and as attractive so that we can attract a mate and then we can be able to procreate and get married and live happily ever ever after, right? That's that's the whole point of, of doing all of that. But, like, it's gotten kind of concerning because... This, this addiction to like looking good and feeling good and, and presenting this perfect image of yourself has started at a really, 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 really young age. Like when I was 13, year old, 13 years old, I looked very different than what some 13 year old girls look like now, right? And it begs the question like, why? Like you want the attention, sure, but from who and from what and why, right? To me, that's just an indication that, again, the focus and the shift has moved away from Christ and it's moved to the world. Like we want to be appealing to the world. We want to look appealing to the opposite sex. And all of that is so damaging as a young person, because this is the time that you're supposed to be nurturing yourself, allowing God to nurture you, to help you grow and form your identity. Right, Science also says that you don't really know who you are. Like your brain is not really fully developed until you reach a certain point in your 20s. So this is a really, really like sensitive time in your life because you guys are so impressionable. Like the things that you see, the things that you hear, the experiences that you go through shape you in so many different ways. And, and how catastrophic would it be if those really, really damaging, harmful things, right? Completely took us away to where like, if you have one really bad day or if you have one really bad week and you feel really bad about yourself and you succumb to that and you do the unthinkable, right? Like take your own life. I just met with a friend yesterday who told me that one of the guys that he had grown up with, he just recently found out, took a gun and shot himself in the head, right? Like this whole issue of mental health, right? That's become on the forefronts now of everything that we've seen here because people are realizing like this is a real thing, right? And mental health, believe me, is a real thing. But if we surrender ourselves to just the world and how the world does it, then, then we reach a dead end. Like there is, no, there is no out from that. There is no escape from that because the world really has nothing fruitful to offer you. But Christ, Christ coming here and dying for us, making it very clear to us that we were fearfully and wonderfully made. Like there's a purpose and a plan that he has for you. And even those really bad things that you go through or the bad circumstances that you may find yourself in. The Bible says he uses it for the good of those who love him and are called according to his purpose. Like that is our portion Right. It got to the point in my own life where I would go through certain trials and and I would actually I would feel good. I would get this warm feeling like and I would be like, okay, God, at least I'm close to you right now. At at least like I've hit rock bottom so far down that I have nowhere else to look but up. Like imagine what the, the secular like the person who doesn't have Christ, like where do they go? Like what what do they turn to? Like what do they have? everything else in the world is fleeting but for us we have a god we have a christ who is so secure he's our anchor he's our rock right and imagine that in our our most trying times in our lowest times we could look up to him and he's telling us that there is a plan in this and that he's using this for our good and that ultimately he wants the best for you right Only God knows what is best for you because he created you and he designed you. He knows the plan that he's put in you. He knows the purpose that's inside of you. And the most beautiful thing about this journey of life is that we get to walk with God. We get to walk with Christ and hold his hand. And we get to experience these things that are not just, again, random or arbitrary. Like, okay, like I go to school today and then something bad happens tomorrow and oh, it's just very random. Them. No, all of these things are what help define us, they help shape us, they help give us a sense of identity and a sense of purpose. I like to think that we all have um, a unique set of what I call GTIs, right? GTIs. Gifts, talents, and interests. And I'm so young, but when I was younger, like I made it my utmost goal to figure out. What are my gifts, what are my talents, and what are my interests, right? That's all you guys need to be focused on right now. And you live in a country that gives you access to incredible resources that will help you figure out what are your gifts, what are your talents, what are your interests. And the beautiful thing about life, and the beautiful thing about this God that we serve is that it's almost like he's hidden those things deep inside of you deep, 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 deep inside of you to the point where you have to trust him. You have to experience things. You have to go through things before you figure out like what what is that? What is that gift? What is that talent? What are even my interests? And sometimes they're all the same and they're together. Sometimes they're three different things. But ultimately, our purpose in this life is to love God, love one another, figure out what those things are so that we can do it. And then what? Give glory to God. Like God is just sitting up there smiling when he sees us living life fruitfully, a fruitful life in which we find these things, we discover these things, and then we're able to use them for God's glory. We're able to use it to bless people. We're able to use it to advance his kingdom. But remember that, that even the Bible says that, like, the church is like the body of Christ, right? And just like the anatomy of a body, every part has a different function. Every part looks different and has different, like, components that make up what it is because it has a different function and it has a different purpose, right? So if the arm looked at the leg and was like, how come I don't get to be a leg and I don't get to walk around and I don't get to do it? Like, then, 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 then what do we have an arm for, Right? Or if your eyes talked to your ears and was like, come on, I don't get to hear things, I only get to see things, like this really sucks, right? Like if 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 these, these significant, really, really important parts of the body, right? Lost a sense of identity and understanding and realizing its function and its purpose, right? Then how like messed up would the body be, right? The body works together so beautifully as a cohesive unit because every part works at its best. And at its best, when it comes together, it is able to fulfill its purpose and give us the incredible life that we have, right? And I I, I just believe that the same rings true for us. Your life is going to look different than my life. Your life is going to look different than Francine's life. Like no one's life looks the same and it's not supposed to look the same. And for that reason, we're not supposed to compare ourselves to one another. The solution to this is simply keeping your eyes set on God. Like when you pray certain prayers, make sure that it's, it's like, like you envision yourself sitting before the throne of God and your eyes are just on him. Like when you're praying certain prayers, don't think about the mansion, don't think about the good grades, don't think about all those things that you want, because like God is not Santa Claus, he's not a vending machine, that's not the kind kind of religion this is, right? This is a religion where we keep our eyes and we keep our gaze set on Jesus Christ, we keep it set on God. And he's the one who sees the bigger picture. He sees not just the mansion, but the 10 mansions that we don't even have the capacity to envision or imagine for ourselves because our mind is so limited in our thinking. So before I wrap up, I just want to pull up a a couple scriptures and I'll have you guys read it to the group that you guys can take with you. And if you're taking any notes, I do encourage you guys to just take down these scriptures because these are the kind of things that I, I used to remind myself regularly about what God is doing in my life and to keep me focused, laser focused on him. So the first one is going to be Galatians chapter one, verse 10. Who wants to read that for me? Galatians chapter one, verse 10. And then we're going to wrap up here shortly. If you guys are there, just say amen. Galatians chapter 1, verse 10. Amen. Is that, do you want to read? Okay, thank you. Are you the rest of you guys there? Let, I'm going to let her read. You guys there? Just get a few more minutes. You guys there now? Okay, go ahead and read. Galatians chapter 1, verse 10.
1: Am I now trying to win the approval of... Okay, can you read a little bit louder? Am I now trying to win the approval of human beings or of God? Or am I trying to please people? If I were still trying to please people, I would not be a servant of Christ.
0: Okay, can you read that one more time
1: for us? Nice, loud.
0: Put the mic right up to your mic. You're doing a great job. I just, it's such a powerful scripture. I just want us to be able to hear it, okay? one more time
1: am i now trying to win the approval of human beings or of god or am i trying to please the people if i were still trying to please people i would not be a servant of christ amen
0: thank you god bless you guys are you trying to win the approval of man or are you trying to win the approval of christ are are we trying to yeah yeah it was a rhetorical question it's okay we're, we're we're trying to win the approval of Christ because at the end of this, right? We do know that, you know, this life is fatal at all. It'll come to an end, right? We're not immortal. At the end of this, we're going to stand before Christ. And so ultimately, his opinion of us is all that matters, right? Sometimes we look elsewhere because we want to get to a certain level. We want to reach a certain standard where we impress people, where people applaud us, where people are like, oh, wow, she looks good. Or, oh, he, he sounds good or he's dressed nice or whatever. Right. That, that shouldn't be the standard. That's not what we're trying to get at. We are trying to we are only trying to get the approval of who? Of who? Fellas, who are we trying to get the approval of? OK, amen. All right. Next Bible verse, James chapter one, verse 17. James one, verse 17. And can I have you just be my designated reader? You're so great. Thank you so much. Okay, so James chapter one, verse 17. <clears throat> We're almost done here. <clears throat> when you guys are there, say amen. All right, let's give the fellows a couple more minutes. you guys there okay i'm gonna have her read okay thank you so much so it's gonna be james chapter one verse 17 go ahead nice and loud and into the microphone
1: every good every good and perfect gift is from above coming down from the father of heavenly lights who does not change like shifting shadows amen one more time every good and perfect gift is from above coming down from the father of the heavenly lights who does not change like shifting shadows
0: Amen. Every good and perfect gift is from God above, right? You guys, believe it or not, have some really special gifts that I want you guys to recognize, right? Your family, your life, your health, right? There's so many gifts that you have, that if we just took the time to focus on those things and really appreciate God for the things that we do have, we would be less inclined to look at others and look what they have and worry about the fact that we don't have those things. Remember that everything that is good in our life was given to us by God, and he's a good God, so he wants more goodness to come to us, more of those things to come to us, but we have to do our part in serving him wholeheartedly. Do you guys understand that? Do you guys understand that? Okay, let's do just two more here. Psalm chapter, excuse me, Psalm 139, verse 14. Psalm 139, verse 14. Yeah, Psalm 139, verse 14. Um, And can you pass the mic to Francine? I think Francine wants to read. Yes, Francine wants to read the last two that I have. God bless you, Francine. So it's um, Psalm 139, verse 14. This This is one that everybody should know. All right. Okay, are you guys there, fellas? Okay.
1: I praise you because I am fearfully and wonderfully made. Your works are wonderful. I know that full well.
0: Amen. Let's read that one more time. And this will actually be our last one. All
1: right. I praise you because I am fearfully and wonderfully made. Your works are wonderful.
0: I know that full well. Amen. I'm, I'm going to end that there. I'm going to end it on that. Because, like, th- that's what I want you guys to remember. Is that you were fearfully and wonderfully made. And I know that we hear it all the time. And, you know, pastors talk about it, and I probably have preached on it several times, but, but you, really, you really were fearfully and wonderfully made, like perfection, without flaw, without any issues. And the next time you wanna kind of beat up on yourself because you think that something is imperfect about your life or something is flawed about your life, just bring yourself back to that scripture. God makes no mistakes and your life is not a mistake, right? Again, all of the attributes that you have. I kid you not, when I was younger, I i, I don't know if anybody like realized this when I was younger, but when I was younger, I talked in a higher pitch voice like I I, I kind of talk like this, you know, like when I was younger, I did like a lot of speech and debate. And so I would like force myself to talk like this. And part of it was because of like where I grew up and that's just kind of how everybody talked. But also I. um I thought that I had a very masculine voice. My voice was very deep and I didn't, I didn't like, yeah, Francine's like that too. Our voices are very deep and um, you know, they're just, I just didn't think that was feminine. I'm a girl, I want to be feminine. I want to be, I want to talk like a girl. But um, it it took it took a while for God to really work on those things, like really come into my heart, really come into like my life and do some reconstruction and remodeling and and really changing my mindset on all of these things. Why? Why in the world would I do that? Like that was such a chore and and come to find that like the, the, the way that I talk like that's that's really important right the career path that i'm in like believe it or not like the way you talk has a big role in how successful that you are in that i didn't even realize it apparently statistics say that if you're a woman and you have a deeper voice you command more authority and people trust you more do you guys trust me yeah okay see it's it's because it's a thing and so there are a lot of women there are a lot of women in business who knows has anybody heard of elizabeth holmes she's she's the lady the Thernos lady. She basically finessed and bamboozled like all these businesses and corporations into believing that she had this like one step cure to like getting your blood drawn and now she was indicted on several like fraud charges and will probably be spending decades in jail. But she really like tried to finesse these people by simply changing her voice. That was one of the things that they caught her on is that she she really kind of like spoke like this when she was Giving presentations because she knew that same very thing that if I if I present myself a certain way, then people will look at me a certain way, and that'll be able to carry, right? But but why we do these things, I don't know. When we just bring ourselves back to the humble understanding and belief that look we are made exactly how God wants us to be made, right? And instead of looking around us and figuring out who has what and what sounds better or what looks better, we ought to just be exactly who God created us to be. Because when we keep our eyes on him and we allow him to come into our lives to help us develop those gifts, those talents, those interests, then we we have this meaning to our life right this feeling of like purpose and most importantly it edifies our walk and our relationship with god we become sort of tools and vessels that now god can use to bless other people and encourage other people right i've i've been here teaching with the youth for 10 years i don't even look that old but i started teaching when i was like 16 right and that is me simply saying, All right, like I'm, I'm good at this. I'm not, I'm not, some people are really good at uh, being an instrumentalist or singing, like, and, and they come here and they do those things. I've been able to identify that I have an interest in this. I don't really have as big a fear of public speaking like other people do. And I allow God to come and, and work with me and help me to develop this. And now, what did I do? I took that and I gave it back. To the church gave it back to god and even if nobody took anything away from it it's just one person who took one thing from one sermon 10 years ago i don't believe god would have had me do anything differently because that is how intentional he is and everything that it's done for my life is what is the most rewarding so i want you guys to remember that and i want you guys to hold that with you when you go to school even when you come back to church think about the things that you can do here to give back to Christ and remember to always keep your gaze always keep your focus on Christ alone nobody else no friends no peers no no celebrity that you follow on Instagram only Christ amen okay let's pray afternoon we thank you so much god that there's so much intentionality in everything that you do lord everything that you've spoken every just everything that's happened in the world everything that happens in our life god is all planned and purposed by you we may not necessarily have control over these things god but we know that you take those things and you use it for our good and ultimately your glory. God, I just ask that today as we're here, you will take, God, our interests, our talents and our gifts and you will help us, Father God, to develop them. Help us to keep our eyes on you, our gaze on you only, Father God, so that we can continue to walk a life that is pleasing to you and that will help us, Father God, take the things that you've given us, the the beautiful, unique gifts that you've given us and give it back to your church. Give it back to your body. And give it back to you so that you take glory. It's in the name of Jesus Christ I pray. Amen.
1: Okay.